because I'm filming under my blanket right now. Hello and welcome to another episode of But Where Are You From? A podcast by a 20-something, nearly 30 millennial learning about life as a British-born Chinese. I'm Viv, the host of the podcast, and in this series we talk about my life as a BBC, a British-born Chinese person, from my family life to work, dating, relationships, food, racism and general culture. So hopefully this is an upbeat, relatable podcast to anyone who relates to being second generation minority or otherwise. If you have any questions, please do drop me a message at vivthediv. And thank you so much, as always, to everyone who's listened. I've just checked our analytical thing and we've had over 1.4 thousand downloads so far. That is amazing. I can't believe that. I still can't grasp the fact that people are listening to me film in my tiny bedroom in Warrington. So how is everyone this week? The government announced an extension on the three-week lockdown, which I have to say it sent my head in a bit of a spin. I had a really bad day of anxiety one day where I just I just couldn't do anything. I couldn't move. I couldn't. I literally was just, I worked in the day and then I just sat there on the sofa just like, I feel rubbish. Um, but don't worry, I picked myself up. I had some pizza, made some chocolate cookies that I just had just now, which have made me feel incredibly sick, actually. <laughs> they're way too sweet, but they're a really good recipe. They're like triple chocolate cookies and they are melty and chewy and gooey, but they're just too sweet for my little palate. And like I said, I am filming underneath my blanket and it's getting really warm already. But apparently my sister said that Fern Cotton has been filming her podcast in the same way. So if it's good enough for Fern Cotton, then it's good enough for me, surely. It's meant to help with the sound quality, apparently. So there we go. We'll see how we get on. I might just end up passing out. (laughs) That'd be funny, wouldn't it? If it was just half an hour of me just dead. Anyway, let's hope that doesn't happen. So today's topic, I was a bit dubious about whether to share this today but I want to I really want to so why am I sharing this topic which is about emotionally abusive relationship um so it's veering off obviously from talking about being a British born Chinese person but I do think that Chinese families have a tendency to sweep stuff under the carpet and it's time to change that narrative it's time to take control of our own narratives and really tell our story the more we talk about life as a british-born person whatever narrative that takes the more that people are going to know about it one second i'm going to have to just get out from under the covers it's way too hot i don't know how fern cotton does it she's a professional i'm not so that lasted a whole three minutes <laughs> before i decided that i just can't do that maybe i'll go into the airing cupboard or Actually, we've got a massive boiler in there. I don't think I could fit in there. Or the shoe cupboard, perhaps. But then I don't want to be sat in a room full of shoes for about half an hour. But maybe it's worth it for the podcast. What do you think? Should I do it? Meh. Hopefully this sounds okay, as it is. We're going to continue as we are. Right, so as I was saying. So, yeah, so I'm sharing a topic that is true, first of all. It's very personal to me. It's about my last relationship that I was in and 
I can talk about this now. I can objectively talk about it. It's a closed chapter of my life. I won't let it define me, but it did definitely shape me as a person. And so I feel like I'm healed from it. I've had therapy. I can let the experiences wash over me without it consuming me. And I know that predominantly with this podcast, the people that get in touch are usually 20-somethings, women and I feel like if it can just help even one person who has had a similar experience then that's for me job done I guess um I just think it's important to talk about it's not going to be that upbeat I'm going to try and make it upbeat I always like to throw in a little witticism is that the right word a quitticism no it is a witticism isn't it but it was a pretty shitty time I have to say I was in a relationship for 11 months and this relationship was the worst and the most emotional relationship that I've had. It had its major highs and it's it had definitely had a lot of lows. And so I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about what I learned from that relationship and how that also affected my family too. So I hope you don't mind that we're veering off topic slightly today but I do genuinely hope that it helps anyone who has been through something similar and of course I'm not a therapist, counsellor, doctor, any of those things. I'm not a professional in any way so if you do need to kind of talk to someone about this of course you can talk to me but highly advise that you speak to any healthcare professional about it like I did. Hi it's Viv from the future. You wouldn't have known this, obviously, but I just wanted to let you know that I had recorded a podcast that I actually uploaded, edited, and it was all ready to go. But I had a few days to think about it, and I wanted to retell the story. Um, I think I went a bit too in-depth in terms of actual specifics of what happened in the relationship, and whilst that's really juicy, like there's some fantastic stories in there. The point of this podcast is to talk about how it affected me and more so how it affected my family. I wanted to keep it on topic somewhat to the fact that we're talking about being British-born Chinese and also I didn't want to get sued for being slanderous so we're kind of starting again on here. You're still going to get some stories but they're going to be very roundabout, very vague and less so about specifics of what actually happened. I think for whatever reason, if he ever listened to this, which I doubt he will, there's nothing that he can really say or deny because it's my truth at the end of the day. So I just wanted to let you know that I'm re-recording this part of the podcast. Um, Yeah. One thing that I forgot to say is that um, I wanted to include a trigger warning. So there's themes of gaslighting, manipulation, physical and emotional abuse, um, verbal abuse, physical violence. Did I say that? (laughs) Um, Basically, all the signs of an emotionally abusive relationship are talked about within this podcast. So this is the trigger warning, just in case. I've already included it within the show notes, but just so you know. So we're going to start off with a little love story. It starts off so lovely. Basically, at the start of one summer, I met this guy. Let's call him a Voldemort. You know, we've got to get our kicks in somewhere, so we're going to call him a Voldemort. 
<laughs> okay, it's not that funny. Anyway, so Voldemort worked within the creative industry. Uh, he was older, he had his life together. In fact, he was 10 years older than me, so that's significantly older. Exactly 10 years older, actually. Our birthday was on the same day, randomly enough. I found him extremely charming, stylish, and funny. Uh, we fell for each other really quickly, and within two weeks, yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, two weeks we had exclaimed our undying love for each other. We said that we were going to be together forever and we even started discussing when we get married and we began looking at venues online. I know, I know how crazy that sounds, trust me, I am probably more self-aware of this than anyone. But it happened, okay? This is a safe space, there is no judgement here. And in all honesty, I was on cloud nine. I'd been single for about a year, I dated on and off, and I hadn't found love as passionate as this. I truly thought it was real love. I thought I found the one. I thought I found everything that I wanted in a partner because he was ambitious, he was funny, I fancied him. There's lots of kind of things that were going right in the, I'd say, the first week. I think it was all downhill after the first week. And so I told my family and friends, I remember telling my sisters and they kind of looked at me a bit cautiously, you know, with the the judging side eye. <laughs> um, but I didn't listen because I thought, you guys don't know how I'm feeling. This is the one. And our relationship was very passionate and extremely intense from the get-go. So he would surprise me with gifts. He'd take me out for dinner and food is my weakness. And I think he knew that. He knew how to exploit the fact that I just couldn't say no to dinner. He'd tell me all the time that I looked beautiful and stunning and everything. He was great at complimenting me. I felt great. And he told me that I was perfect for him. Um, so I genuinely thought at the beginning that it was the perfect relationship. This was it. I was set for life. But there were definitely red flags in the beginning that I just chose to ignore very big ones too. So gaslighting me, lying to me, having a really short temper, but then quickly turning it back around so that he would be remorseful and say sorry and say he wouldn't do it again. But long story but short is, despite these red flags, after two months of dating, just two months, my family hadn't even met him at that point, we decided to move in together. So I had only just moved home after two months of coming back from London and I remember going to my mum's room and I told her that I'm moving out with this guy that I've been dating. She didn't even know about him at this point. And to be fair, my mum, she didn't say that much. I think she's always been one of those really understanding parents in the sense that she'll let me make my own mistakes. And she knew that it was going to go wrong. She even warned me at the time, but I chose to ignore her because at the time the heart wants what the heart wants. Within that time of us looking at houses, I basically found out that he had secretly spoke to another woman or met up with another woman. And there's a whole story behind this. Like there was a caption on Instagram that she posted about them being in love together. I was really confused. He lied to me about it and said, like she was just crazy or something. Obviously, it's always in these situations that the the woman is crazy. It's always, she's a psycho, she's crazy, don't listen to her. So 
I obviously, at this point, I developed a lot of jealousy and trust issues, which played a massive role in the rest of our relationship. It was almost like I became someone so different. I've never seen that side to me. It it brought out all the extreme sides to me. It brought out when I was really happy. It brought out when I was really down, angry, jealous, rage, everything, all the emotions that you can think of. I have never seen these sides to me before to that extreme that often, but it did that. This relationship did that. So we moved in together regardless. And I definitely knew deep down that my gut instinct was telling me that for some reason this wasn't going to end well. But within these relationships, I think you hang on to hope. You hang on to hope that the good days will override the bad days. And the good days were there, but far and few between. You'd go probably a week without arguing. Actually, not even that. We'd probably go five days, five days without a massive argument to the point where our neighbours could hear and ask whether everything was okay. Um, Five days without him calling me abusive swear words, like think of the worst swear word in the English dictionary, see you next Tuesday, right? That word would come up so much and I used to hate it. Like, I don't mind that word. I really don't mind that word being used as a joke. But when it's said in a vindictive and nasty way, I hated it. I hated it so much, but that came out pretty early on. And as we got to know each other a bit more, because obviously I didn't know this person at that point, I noticed that he had a very, very short fuse, but I always excused it to other factors. So on the second day that he met me, he told me about his childhood and someone close to him passing away recently. So that's what I put it down to. I kind of put it down to the fact that he'd gone through something recently. A close relative of his has passed away. He's been through a hard childhood. That's kind of like the reasons, that was kind of the scapegoat in terms of every time something would happen. And he would use those reasons too. He never assumed responsibility for his own actions. It was always, I'm feeling angry and I'm taking it out of you because that person died recently and I'm feeling sad but this would happen more and more as time went on and it was so stupid so we were in a Mexican restaurant like a really chill Mexican place where it's like subway style you order your burrito you sit down there and then you just you just eat it and go and I said to him the girl who took my food order said to him she was really rude to me that day like she must have been having a bad day because her customer service was not on point but that was fine like I'm not expecting fine dining kind of experience but it was more so the fact that she was just rude and I didn't like that but I didn't say anything because you just get over these things don't you you don't then dwell on it and then I sat down uh, he was already sat down I sat down next to him and I just said that to him And then he was like, right, slammed on the table, like stood up and he was like, believe in. And then like gave this girl big evils, like really loudly to the point where she could hear. And I was just like, Voldemort, what are you doing? Like we haven't, I haven't even eaten my burrito yet. Like at least let me eat my burrito before you start kicking off. So that started off the argument because he didn't like the way that I reacted to him reacting. (laughs) 
And so he, we were walking down a busy street. It was like a two-way street in the city. And I remember him thinking that someone got in his way and he elbowed this guy that was walking past him. And that guy was like, what the fuck? He actually said that out loud. And this kind of became a theme. Like I, I noticed he would do this quite a lot with people being within his personal space. Um, so that was one of the things that really scared me about the fact that he just didn't like anyone making him feel stupid or defying him in any way. And yeah, there was lots of things he didn't like. He didn't like if he had to wait five minutes for me to pick him up if I was running late. Uh, he didn't like that I offered a slightly different opinion about his work or God forbid if a client would feedback on his work. He really didn't like that. And obviously we spent time with our family as a couple and my sisters and my mum definitely noticed a lot of things. Like throughout that relationship, I had tried to leave five times and each time I just go back. It was my own choice. I went back off my own choice, but definitely coerced and manipulated by what he would say and his promises and how remorseful he was over things that happened physical stuff, verbal stuff, emotionally abusive stuff. So to be honest, I kept a lot of relationship like people typically do in these types of relationships. They tend to act as if everything is fine. You tend to not, you tend to get used to not telling your family how everything really is. And so I remember my sister texted me once being like, when was the last time you argued? And I just completely lied and I said, oh, we haven't in ages, it's fine. When I knew that we had an argument probably that day. So I just felt a lot of shame and embarrassment. And I almost wanted to protect everyone within that situation. I wanted to protect him. I wanted to protect my sisters and my mum from any hurt that I might cause them. And just any worry. Which, so typical, isn't it? I mean, it's typical enough of anyone who's been through this situation, but even more typical for a Chinese person to just act as if everything is fine, you know, keep up with the Joneses or keep up with the Yows. So that was kind of like a running theme. And yeah, there was, if you look at my Instagram feed, or if you had looked at my Instagram feed, say a year ago, it was full of really, really professional photos of me that Voldemort took of me. There were great photos. And to be honest, I use them on my dating profiles now. So <laughs> there was one picture in particular that just symbolizes a lot for me. Um, it's one that I use still now as my headshot for every work thing, every talk or every event that I go to. I always use that picture because it's like the only decent one that I have of myself. And it symbolizes the relationship in the sense that on the facade, it looks great. Like we had all these amazing photos together. We went on holiday twice together, we went to Iceland and Amsterdam together. And no one knew behind the scenes what happened. It concealed all the shitty things of a relationship amongst the, the perfect filters that you'd see on these photos it just also signifies that you just can't believe what you see on social media. I was so guilty of portraying the perfect relationship. Like I plastered our relationship all over social media. 
people who I hadn't seen in years knew about our relationship and when I saw them kind of at a work thing or whatever they'd be like are you not with that guy anymore and then I'd tell them vaguely about what happened or how the relationship actually was and they were like but you seem so happy on social media and this just goes to show just don't believe anything you see at all because it's all very easy to put up photos of you looking happy on social media it's not as easy to show you crying yourself to sleep staying up till 1am arguing about god knows what or being scared to be in the same house as him because it got to that point where I was actually afraid of him because of what had happened it's also made me realize that it doesn't matter as a person what intellect you hold how many books you've read what level of success you have what support network you have around you sometimes you can just end up in just the most twisted situation and you have to be kind to yourself for that I regard myself as a feminist I'm independent I'm self-sufficient I have a good job I have the most amazing family and friends around me but throughout this whole period I suffered a massive deterioration of my own mental health and just also a real identity crisis I just completely lost who I was. Um, I was slowly just reminding myself of all my worst traits, thanks to this person. My bad habits, my impatience, my stubbornness, being opinionated. All those things which are actually good things about myself, I see now. Um, He made me feel like I was the worst person in the world. He would twist things that arguments that I'd had with my own family or discussions that I'd had with my own family and blame them all on me and say well your family think this about you so clearly there's something wrong with you so in that time like I mentioned I had tried to leave that relationship five times and he made suicidal threats at one point, um, emotional guilt trips of being abandoned, like saying things like, everyone always leaves me in the end and stuff like that. So using those tactics to really make me stay because he just didn't want to be alone. And I, I really feel like the role that I played during that time for him was him not being alone, which I actually feel sorry for. If you can't be alone with yourself, then good luck for the rest of your life seriously because we are all going to have times of being alone in our life so there was one particular incident which brought it all to a head it involved alcohol it involved him being physically abusive and that kind of was the downfall of the entire relationship. The whole relationship was on a downward spiral anyway, but this was the catalyst really in terms of me moving out, first of all. I never moved back in properly at that point. I did go back to him for four months still. um, And that was the point where my family really put their foot down and said that I couldn't go back to him. And yet I still did and I felt guilty I hid it I met up with him secretly because 
I was ashamed and confused. And eventually it got to the point where I obviously don't know this for a fact, but I do think that he met someone else at this point because he didn't need me anymore. Um, There was kind of a turning point for him where he wasn't begging for me to stay anymore. So I moved out of the, the house and it was really interesting because up until that point, the five times or however many times that I had tried to leave, it was always him begging for me back. But as soon as he switched that, I was the one wanting to be back with him, which sounds so fucked up. Like if you think about the whole dynamic, why on earth would anyone want to go back there? And I can't really explain it myself, to be honest. It, it was a really complicated situation and almost I think denial and a lot of it was pride and hanging on to this hope hanging on to this hope what really brought it to light for me was when my sister went on the women's refuge website and there was a checklist to see whether you are in an emotionally abusive relationship and we could tick off the majority of what was on that checklist. So it was things like, does this person abuse alcohol? Does this person use alcohol, his childhood, or anything that's traumatic that's happened to them as a reason to treat you in this way? Has this person ever emotionally abused you, calling you names? Has this person ever tried to physically intimidate you, either with their own body or with objects in the room? All of those things I could answer yes to on multiple occasions and yet I still refuse to believe it so from the incident when that happened when he actually became physical it was four months after that that we completely cut ties so and this was to be honest him cutting ties he completely blocked me off everything and still hasn't unblocked me I don't think I'm not sure because I've done the same too so I think my family were extremely relieved. I think they still don't really talk about him because of how angry he makes them. But they let me make my own mistakes and I do thank them for that. And it's very much a a Chinese thing again to almost not talk about the subject. I don't think we really talked about it that much unless I brought it up. Um, my mum did try to intervene a few times and try to kind of say to me like Viv come home for the night I really want to see you just stay over because she was so worried about my safety she kind of knew a lot of what went on because I'd come home every single time something happened so that's my only regret is putting my family through heartache essentially I don't regret anything that I've done it's more so having to put my mum and my sisters through this whole volatile relationship. Yeah, so, I mean, in terms of what I've learned, I'd say just listen to your intuition, especially women. Our women's intuition is the strongest superpower we will ever have. It never, ever fails you. I remember listening to some podcast or video about women's intuition at the time and I remember actively ignoring 
that piece of advice because I knew that it was telling me, leave Viv, run, run the fuck away from this person because he is trouble. But I didn't because for whatever reason, I felt trapped. I felt like I'd gone too far, moved in with him. There was just so much to prove. Um, And even afterwards, I felt like I had to prove to people that this happened. I was almost like, listen to me, he did do this. But because I'd played it down to my family and friends so much, no one kind of knew where it stood, really. Um, But then now I know this is the truth. This is my truth. And I don't need to prove it to whoever or whoever. It happened. I know that it happened. And he knows as much as he'd probably be in denial about it. I've also learned that I'm I'm stronger than I give myself credit for actually. It's been a year and I feel completely healed from a lot of work that I've done myself as well as going to see a therapist and looking after myself, just realising my self-worth. Now I feel like I don't stand for any bullshit from anyone, whether that's with work um, or whether that's with guys that I'm dating. Like I've dated a couple of guys since and I've cut them off both times. I only dated them for probably about a few weeks or up to a month before I noticed red flags myself or just things that weren't quite right for me. Just knowing what I don't want out of a relationship and what I do want, it's really helped me with that. So I do have him to thank for that in the sense that I'm just never going to stand for anything less than what I deserve. And just knowing my own worth, like I'm not going to date anyone who isn't worthy of my time. And as arrogant as that might sound, you have to think in these ways when it comes to your own self-worth and your own self-importance. Now I feel like I'm only going to give myself to someone who truly matches exactly what I'm looking for in every sense. There has to be no compromise in any areas at all because I just won't let there be anymore. And so I'm happily staying single until that happens. And who knows how long that's going to last? Who knows? But you know what? I'm not worried about it. I'm really not worried about it because right now I'm so content and I'm so happy within myself that anyone who's going to come along is only going to add value to my life and is someone that I can genuinely bring home to my family and be like, this person is amazing rather than, oh, I'm not sure whether you're going to like this person. He's a bit prickly. Um, So the last thing that I learned is that I'm just so grateful to have my family and friends. Whatever life throws at me in the future, it's going to be fine because I've gone through it. I've gone through worse. This relationship isn't even the worst thing I went through. The worst thing I went through was my dad's death. But this has taught me just so much about myself as well as general life lessons and people really come through when stuff like this happens and you start to see the best in your friendships with people because it really just shows people that are there for you and who can understand you and listen to you and have no judgment towards you even though something so dramatic happened so I'm just really grateful, to be honest. I'm grateful and I'm happy. Um, and that's all anyone can ask for, really. So that probably sums it up. I've gone way over the allocated time that I usually 
stick to with these podcasts but I hope we can make an exception here um and I hope this has somewhat helped it was probably extremely rambly I'm not looking forward to editing this but I really hope that it at least has helped one of you in terms of if you're in a similar situation at the moment or if you have been just know that you're not alone you never will be alone there'll always be people that you can speak to so yeah I hope you're all staying safe and well um if you want to drop me a message I'm at Viv the Div and I look forward to speaking to you next time <laughs>